America. And it's Liana, and this is the Night Guys podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime. We're losing our minds. Erica's Mine's been lost. singing about plants <laughs> the past couple of minutes. <laughs> Legit singing. Uh, she drank I all of her wine. Know, like, I feel... <laughs> Man... In a past life, I was a, I was a singer. <laughs> you sure you weren't a botanist? Both. Can't I be both? Don't put me in a box, Liana. Oh my god, I did not. <laughs> How dare you put me in one category? I meant I maybe one talents. of your other lives you were yeah. also. I was a singer with a deep love for plants. <laughs> <laughs> Like, can I just ask if anyone else out there in quarantine is listening, <laughs> which is everyone, um, and you're finding yourself very, 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 very bored mm-hmm. and searching Amazon to buy plants, can you reach out to me? <laughs> I need a plant buddy. <laughs> so I'm losing my mind and I just want to keep buying plants. I need someone to go down this plant rabbit hole with me. <laughs> and you're not even me. buying the expensive ones either. No. Yeah. Plants are plants, man. They just want a home. They're big and expensive. Mm-mm. Little teeny tinies and nurture them into big plants. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys are doing okay. Not going crazy. At the end of this, I'm going to be living in a jungle home. (laughs) Turn your whole house into some amazing just solarium. Is that the right word? Sure. I like it. Sounds pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would like to get more plants, but because I'm not at home, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because we already brought our plants with us here. (laughs) I can't bring more into this house to just bring them back. Just have them shipped here and then come and get them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then get ones that I can take uh, cuttings from so then I can get more plants. <laughs> we always buy succulents because we live in LA. Perfect. And, oh, okay, good. Those work. You could just pull like a little double off of it and yep, just throw it in the ground and it's like, yay. Off, <laughs> stick it in the dirt. <laughs> Done. Well... Since my news actually has to do with the coronavirus, but in a very silly way, I'm going to go first so that you can cleanse our palates with other news. So this news was actually originally sent to me by Liz, and then I forgot about it, and then I found it again, and it made me laugh. It made me laugh so hard. An astrophysicist in Australia, Hayes Ellie, um, went to the hospital last week after getting magnets stuck up his nose while attempting to invent a device to stop people from touching their faces amidst the global Aww. pandemic. Okay, well, <laughs> no, I know it's really was in sweet. The right place. I know that's the thing. It's like it's but so also, no, <laughs> no. What Why? kills me is that okay, my cousin. If she's listening to this episode, she's gonna kill me. But. She used to stick things up her nose when she was a kid. Oh, no. God, I can't imagine. That's horrifying. She had a a peanut, like, I guess, stuck up her nose. And at one point she was like, hmm, hmm, (laughs) like trying to blow it out. (laughs) 
So I feel like she identifies with this astrophysicist really well. I mean, my brother put stuff up his nose too, so. I don't think I ever did that. I didn't either. It wasn't my thing. Uh Uh-uh. I didn't, I wanted stuff out of my nose. Yeah. I don't don't want stuff in it. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. 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 So Dr. Daniel Reardon is a 27-year-old astrophysicist and his fellow, his research fellow at, oh my God, <laughs> I need to also learn how to read, and research fellow at a Melbourne, Melbourne <laughs> University who studies pulsars and gravitational waves. Very cool. He and his partner were working to create a necklace that sounds an alarm when someone tries to touch their face. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, they began by wearing magnets on their wrists, but then reared and tried putting the magnets in his nose. <sighs> Why would you put them? Okay, anyway. <laughs> I love that even brilliant minds can just not have common sense sometimes. <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. It's the same logic as clipping pegs to your ears. Pegs. Pegs? Like, um, like clothespins? Is that what he means? I don't know. I don't know what a peg is, but anyway. Me either. I clipped them to my earlobes and then clipped them to my nostril. Oh, he clipped them to his, this, like, almost like a um, like a nose ring. I look at your face. I'm like, what is it? What is the thing <laughs> called that's on your face? <laughs> um, and then things went downhill pretty quickly when I clipped the magnets to my other nostril. <laughs> oh, no. A magnet on each side of his septum attracted together, leaving both stuck inside his nose. Oh, he said he Googled a solution. And after reading an article about an (laughs) 11-year-old who also got magnets stuck in his nose, he tried to use other magnets to pull them out. Those magnets also got stuck once he lost his God. No, I really I'm laughing because I really feel for him like I like my heart just really goes out to him. But it's also really funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, because we're assuming he's okay. He is. He is okay. 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 I'm telling you now he is just fine. Okay. Oh, man. It just also makes me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. He says, as I was pulling downwards to try to remove the magnets, they clipped onto each other and I lost my grip. And those two magnets ended up in my left nostril while the other one was in my right. At this point, I ran out of magnets. <laughs> no. This oh, poor man. guy. Oh, my God. I wish I could just give him a hug. Times are tough. Once out of magnets, Rudin tried using metal pliers to pull them out, but those two became magnetized. Of no. course they did. Buddy... Come on. How strong are these magnets? I know. This is wild. His research partner finally brought him to the hospital. Where were you, research partner? Where medical staff applied an anesthetic spray and manually removed the magnets from his nose. My partner took me to the hospital that she works in because she wanted all of her colleagues to laugh at me. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so mean. Not cool. The doctors thought it was quite funny, making comments like, this is an injury due to self-isolation and boredom. Poor guy. No. He's like, I'm an astrophysicist. It's like, I, I swear I'm smart. I'm a smart dude. Oh, Dr. Daniel Reardon, we salute you. We salute you. <laughs> Glad you're okay. Oh, man. Oh, poor guy. God, that felt uncomfortable. Yuck. Yeah. Okay, so my newsers <laughs> is from today. Oh. Hot off the press. Freshy. Mm-hmm. Multiple Bigfoot sightings <gasps> reported at Oklahoma urban wilderness area. Wait. And the picture is crazy. Is it crisp? Is it clear? I mean... Send me the damn picture right now. If we can, like, you know, suspend 
whatever disbelief, whatever mm-hmm. we have for this. This picture is very clear. It is not at all blurry. It's not really from that far away either. And if Bigfoot I, is real and this is it, like this is pretty wild. I mean, I think from my quick glance, it looks like a dude in a ghillie suit, but oh, no. I, okay, I want to believe. See, I see. want to believe. So Me too. Okay. Several people visiting a hiking destination in Oklahoma over the weekend claim to have spotted what they believe may be Bigfoot. The weird bat of sightings occurred at Turkey Mountain Urban Wilderness Area. <laughs> Whoa, it's a lot of words, which is spacious, which is a spacious piece of undeveloped land in Tulsa that has become a particularly popular outdoor escape for residents who have been exercising self-isolation at home in response to the coronavirus crisis. Well, However, if it's popular, then people shouldn't be going there. Yeah, probably shouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> it would seem that those who recently ventured to the site got more than merely a breath of fresh air, according to a social media post from the administrators of the wilderness area on Monday afternoon. They said, over the weekend, we received dozens of calls and messages reporting a sighting. Hmm. Attached to the statement were a series of visitors, photographs of varying quality that appeared to show a hairy bipedal creature lurking in the wilderness. Multiple people. That's weird. Promising to investigate the matter, the group went on to use the odd post to remind residents that social distancing guidelines of six feet were required when visiting the location. (laughs) As for what people may have seen at the site over the weekend, aside from a genuine Sasquatch, one realistic possibility is that they simply encountered a creative individual wearing a Bigfoot costume as a prank. Why? (laughs) Why Don't be mean, guys. I just... Oh, man, I hope it's real. (laughs) I know. I really do. I think Bigfoot's real. I don't know why it is such a crazy idea mm-hmm. that there is something that has eluded us. Like, why is that weird? It exists. New species of primates are discovered all the time. It's not that weird. I just hope he's like involved with the paranormal and he has like cloaking abilities or like (laughs) portals that he can jump through i'm here for it and i support it and i want that (laughs) i think now that people are forcing or being forced to stay in that he is or they or whatever families of them are able to move more freely have dance parties that's what people are seeing what like you know people always go out and play bigfoot calls or make them on their own to get them to respond which seems to work sometimes i think you just like you blast out those like sweet motown jams (laughs) and they'll come yeah i would (laughs) (laughs) oh i like him i really enjoy it he's kind of a he's like a lighter color than i thought yeah, he looks beautiful. He looks very luxurious. Uh, He's very luxurious? T- very tawny looking. I like him. Yeah. He I does look luxurious. You <laughs> what? Like an Afghan. Yeah. <laughs> like those puppy dogs. They're beautiful. <laughs> All puppies are beautiful. So oh, yeah. All of them. Every single All one. All damn puppies. <laughs> cool. Well, if you're in the Oklahoma area and you've seen him, let us know because that's really cool. Yeah, get out there. But yeah. be. But don't social distanced when you do it's not a thing i watched a video of a guy who carried a measuring tape and just started (laughs) poking people with it if they got too close (laughs) i like it i like that that's that's fun (laughs) i think i saw another one where a guy just had a stick it was a really long one that's so great (laughs) starts putting it out there (laughs) 
that's wonderful <laughs> well it felt i don't know i mean it, people know what you're doing with that because when Sean and I actively avoided people the other day when we had to go to Lowe's to get a drill because his dad's drill broke. So we had to go to Lowe's and people were wandering so close to us since we were like, so we'd like run away from them and we felt like weirdos. Sometimes I wonder, is it like they're just not taking it seriously or is it just like people feel like so weird if it seems rude that they don't want to? You know what I mean? I'm just treating everybody like they have it. Right. Like, I, no offense taken. No. Like, I'm not taking offense if somebody treats me like I have it because I don't have it. But, you know, if if you want to treat me like I do, okay. Then we won't, no one will get it. I'm going to also treat you like you have it. So we're just all going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Maybe we all have the itis, just like in, which? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah. That one. Whatever. (laughs) That show got so blech after a while. I haven't watched it in like two seasons and a half. Mm, When Negan busted Glenn's head, that's when I was like, damn. I'm a little after that. I read all the comics, but the comics I think are better at this point. Like the first episode would be good. And then it was like 13 episodes of shit. And then the last episode it's was just like too much oh. talking about social like concepts which i'm fine with but it's only that mm-hmm. i like it because it was supposed to be like a horror zombie thing and i know the chick who took over is like the um whatever you call it the oh foo well i don't remember the name but like the chick who took over is like the main person for it um she wanted to switch it back to being more of a horror-centric like thing yeah so i do want to go back to watching it and i like that it's a girl who Wait, did is it? it michonne no no i'm no. like the no i mean like the director person yeah no. i forget the what the full name is she has but basically like the showrunner mm. the showrunner is a chick now oh. and she wanted it to be more horror focused i mean but she had to switch it over from what um what's his name who was a showrunner forever did and now he's on the movie that rick is in he went to that and mm. she does the show but well, all I know is that it's called The Walking Dead and the zombies have taken a serious backseat and I don't like it. Like, yeah, me either. I, zombies anymore. I do want to see more of the whispers like storyline because mm-hmm. I did like it in the comic books, but I just got like it was oh, boring as shit with everybody being like moody. Just go fight things. Oh, Walking Dead. Bobby slept outside for that one at Comic-Con. I mean, this was like years ago when it was like super duper big. When it was actually good? Yep. He slept outside, I believe, dressed as Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) Could be wrong, but it's pretty really, really awesome. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) I told him I'd stay with him and he was like, no, just go back to the hotel and try to sleep. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to argue it, but I love you. Bye bye. (laughs) And I think I was stressed as Jasmine. (laughs) I've seen those pictures. Honeymoon. Oh my god. Going to my hotel while you lay here. <laughs> See you in the morning. Yay. For walking down. I'm gonna bring some coffee. It's <laughs> the worst song ever. <laughs> it is. I'm losing it. But that's awesome. I have no touch on reality. Uh, what is reality really? Reality is Broadmoor Hospital. 
Mm, that's that's a real that's a real situation. place. <laughs> it's got some real history. And that's our topic. Histra. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> uh. Oh, guys. So I originally think I suggested this because the creepy silent twins. I think we're maybe committed Oh, wow. Interesting. I think maybe or maybe not. I don't remember. This came up in one of our previous episodes or something. And I was like, I'm going to add this without actual forethought. (laughs) No, I mean, it's very interesting. Um, I I entered into this topic thinking that it was no longer a place that was up and running. And it is very much up and running, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's now called Broadmoor Hospital, but it originally was christened Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, because of course it was, <laughs> because it right. was built a long time ago, 1863. Damn. That's a bit. That was a bit. So it was actually opened because of one dude. So this place, it was built to a design by Sir Joshua Jeb. <laughs> Sorry, that's a good name. Um, he was an officer of the Corps of Royal Engineers and covered 53 acres Massive. within its secure pl- perimeter. So its first patient was a female admitted for infant... Oh, God. Infanticide. Why was that no. so hard for me to say? Uh, in, on 27th of May, 1863, notes described her as being feeble-minded. It has been suggested by an analysis of her records that she was most likely also suffering from congenital syphilis. Oh, great. Mm. The first male patients arrived on 27th of February, 1864. The original building plan was of five blocks for men and one for women was completed in 1868. A further male block was built in 1902. Due to overcrowding at Broadmoor, a branch asylum was constructed at Rampton. I'm not sure where that is. It opened in 1912. Rampton was closed as a branch asylum at the end of 1919 and reopened as an institution for mental defectives rather than lunatics. What that means, I don't know, but that is mean. Oh, dear. During World War I, Broadmoor's Block 1 was also used as a prisoner of war camp called Crowthorne War Hospital for mentally ill German soldiers. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to read that next part because that talks about one of the patients okay (laughs) but yeah so it it has had many different purposes and thankfully it has changed its name to broadmoor hospital and it still exists today it is a it's the oldest of the three high security psychiatric hospitals in england i can't believe it still functions today i totally didn't know that when we went into this um i mean i knew before this but it's just blowing my mind um I mean, it's pretty wild. That's an old institution. It'll still be functioning. Yeah. Well, I think they've built more to it because it seems to be modernized pretty significantly. <sighs> I mean, parts of it anyway. I'm sure there are scary parts. <laughs> so one of the things that came up a lot when I was looking this place up is that it has like a really um, specific siren that sounds. Mm-hmm. And it sounds every morning at 10 a.m. It sounds like. Um and it's, I guess, every Monday any, morning, anytime I hear or read of sirens, I always think of Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. 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 We have one around here. It hasn't sounded for a while. And it, for a while, it was constantly because they were testing it. And it always made me think like, shit, it's going to get dark any second, just like in Silent Hill. And it's going to be really scary. Dude, that <laughs> happened at my dad's house. Every Wednesday evening, we would hear a siren. It's probably um, the same one. 
Probably. Well, it's... the one for us was the volunteer fire department. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. I, oh, um, so there are 13 sirens um, in the neighboring Berkshire towns, and all of them are connected by a telephone network. If somehow a patient does manage to escape, the sirens sp- uh, sound for 20 minutes. It's really long, but I guess it's warranted because yeah. the people who could have escaped here are very dangerous to others or themselves. Um, nearby schools um, have to keep their pupils inside until it is safe for parents to collect them. A cordon is thrown around Crawthorn and all cars are checked at police roadblocks. Nor until the single tone all clear sounds can normal life resume. I can't so imagine so close to that. <laughs> I know. Um, so this is no ordinary alarm and there are no ordinary patients that are within these walls. The system was installed after this escape of child murderer John Strafen in 1952. Not a cool guy. Mm-hmm. While supposedly on cleaning duties, he climbed onto a shed roof and dropped down the other side, which is crazy because it just seems so simple. He was yeah. like, here's like a cat. Like, oh, I can jump over this and over that. And I'm hanging out here. <laughs> he did the same thing. And then he's out, except he's not a cute cat. He's a scary, deranged man. <laughs> um, he then sauntered like a cat into the nearby <laughs> village of Arborfield and strangled five-year-old <gasps> Linda Bowyer, which is so not okay with me, who had been out riding her bike. No. Like, super cute and sweet and this sick, crazy asshole took her way too soon he was soon recaptured after i can't talk i'm upset after locals (laughs) saw him and acting strangely and called the police yeah i bet he was he just killed a sweet girl um strafen was the kind of deranged murderer who should have been booked into broadmoor which as you said was known before as the hospital for the criminally insane when he first came to the attention of the thor authority sorry i'm stumbling over my words he had already spent half his life in institutions when age 21 he saw five-year-old brenda goddard picking flowers on rough hill behind her home in bath five i mean i'm not blaming at all her parents but she's just a little why was she outside oh i used to go hang out outside yeah picking flowers it's just that's sad um, told that there were plenty more flowers higher up, she walked trustingly with him into a nearby wood where he put his hands around her neck. I'm gonna kill him. I hate him. I do too. That's just so not okay with me. A few days later, he met nine-year-old Cicely Batstone at the cinema and escorted her across Bath, same area, to see another film leaving a trail of witnesses before taking her into a field and strangling her as well. He then bought some chips, slept soundly, and couldn't understand why police woke him early the next morning. Holy crap. Which easily makes us understand why he was in this place and he had zero remorse for it. Mm -hmm. He confessed readily, later claiming that he committed the murders to provoke the police. Sentenced Uh, to death, he was reprieved from legal wrangles over his sanity and died two years ago in Broadmoor, 77, the longest serving prisoner in the UK. Since then, the only major incident has been the escape of the child rapist James Saunders, nicknamed the Wolfman, 
Saunders went on the run after sawing through a one-inch thick steel bar and squeezing out of a shower room on the third floor. He was recaptured two days later. Oh, my God. Hmm. Now Broadmoor has experienced a different kind of breakout. Um, recently, the release of files dating back a century and more, which were being uh, now made available to the public for the first time. So kind of weirdly similar to us in the states where we now have declassified ufo things yeah this crazy place now has a lot of declassified documents on the people who they had here yeah and there are a fucking lot of them <laughs> well it's which been makes sense it's been there forever but like there's a lot of like grade a notorious crazies mm-hmm. who were here who i mean like these two dudes deservedly so yeah they're horrible people <laughs> yeah and um erica did say like two years ago this article came out quite a while ago so yeah he, he died a while ago in the early 2000s thank goodness i mean one of the records that was released was um a resident named thomas hayne cutbush and apparently he was a leading suspect in the jack the ripper case uh crazy he was a notorious murderer of well jack the ripper was a notorious murderer of women um, Cut Bush was then pronounced insane and died in Broadmoor in 1903. And then from the days of his arrest, the Ripper murders ceased. So was he? Interesting. We don't know. I'm obsessed with Jack the Ripper stuff. So you need to investigate Cut Bush then. I do. Gross. <laughs> such a gross name. <laughs> Maybe he was there. Who knows? I mean... Who knows? It's wild. So it was designed by a military engineer, and it was the first custom-built asylum to house criminal lunatics when it was constructed in 1863. Please know that I'm just reading the article. I don't. I only call people lunatics if they're driving like a jerk. <laughs> I don't really use that term for the mentally um, inhibited no. folks. <laughs> no, lunatic is really just used for assholes on the road for me. <laughs> Um, uh, the idea was triggered by the case of james hadfield an ex-soldier who in 1800 while watching a play at the theater royale drury lane i don't know why that's so funny to me leveled his pistol at king george iii and fired at him he missed but his subsequent acquittal by reason of insanity caused such a public uproar that the parliament speedily passed the criminal lunatics act Sorry, that's such a horrible name. To provide for the indefinite detention of the insane, and a new institution was born, quote, intended for the reception, safe custody, and treatment of persons who had committed crimes while actually insane or who became insane while undergoing sentences of punishment. Oh, so maybe if you lose it while in prison, you can be transferred to Broadmoor. Wow. Huh. That's nice to have in your back pocket. I mean, I would assume I hope if you don't like where you are and there's people who are like, I'm going to kill you here, but you know, You're like I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Send me here. Interesting. Okay. Um, this is the part that really bothers me. This is, this is the part that irritates me. So the possible causes of insanity were listed as anxiety. Erica, I, and I would be committed. <laughs> Epilepsy. That's not. Yeah, that's not. What? Intemperance. Uh, we are definitely that from time Many to time of an intemperance uh vice we have vices great poverty i have great poverty <laughs> religious excitement i have none our plants are religion oh then yes cats definitely <laughs> for sure wine yes <laughs> fright 
always scared I'm of everything. I'm so scared of so many things <laughs> and exposure to hot climates. <laughs> I mean, I like them, but if it's humid, mm, I don't like humid. <laughs> I like a nice dry hot. We would be perfect candidates for Broadmoor. Yeah. <laughs> Full season passes. Ex- like we have everything except for epilepsy. So, yeah, that's damn it not cool guys we gotta go so the 53 acre site which now holds 260 men as of 2008 initially had room for 400 men and 100 women but not until 1948 did it cease to be a prison and officially become a hospital so among the first inmates were two would-be assassins of queen victoria oh no edward oxford was 18 <laughs> serving beer in a pub in 1840 something told him to shoot the queen oh no <laughs> and prince albert oh, as whatever. they rode out on constitution hill both bullets missed and they were later found to be blanks well, so. probably because he was serving beer and was drinking it as well. He missed, <laughs> thankfully. Oxford was acquitted by reason of insanity and after serving beer, nope, time, <laughs> and an asylum was moved to Broadmoor. He was later offered a discharge in 1867 if he left the country. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> like you're someone else's problem now. Toodles. <laughs> bye bye. weird. Please Bye. leave. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. He emigrated to Australia and made a living as a house painter, dying in 1900. Well, at least he did something with himself afterward. Yeah. All right. Roderick McLean, an unemployed London clerk, was also judged insane after he tried to assassinate the queen. Damn. Damn. Queens can't be... They got to be on point all the time. Dodging bullets matrix style. <laughs> In 1882, as she left Windsor train station, firing a revolver at her point blank, he missed. Whoa. Wow, that guy sucks. That must have been so scary. Thank God revolvers sucked in 1882. Oh, man. So before uh, before he could fire again, two um, Etten schoolboys knocked him off his balance with their umbrellas. I hope those kids got like the Medal of Honor. No joke. And like their whole life paid for. Queen owes them. What's that? Um, what's that? Phil Kings. What's the newer movies that are like Kings something where they're like Kingsman? assassins? Yeah. The, don't they have umbrellas that like have they weapons totally in do. them? Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Maybe it's that association. I completely agree. That That's where. They're Kingsman. Oh, the secret that's cool. service. I love that. I like it. McLean died in Rodmore 40 years later. 40 mm-hmm. years there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did try to kill someone point blank that was the queen. I guess I'm not yeah. surprised. Many women were imprisoned here for murdering their own children while suffering postnatal depression. <laughs> sorry, oh I'm making God. you read this. Uh, I'm That's sorry. so upsetting. Oh, man. They didn't need an insane asylum. They needed, like, counseling and medication. Oh, man. Well, this is the best they could That's do at the time. Yeah. Sad. In 1899, Susanna Bradley jumped into a canal with her eight-month-old baby. <gasps> Whoa. Both of them leaving a suicide note for her husband that she was not fit to be a mother. She was rescued with the baby dead in her arms. Oh, oh no. no. After heartfelt pleas from her husband, she was released into his care. Oh, he still loved her. <sighs> That's touching. Though dying of, how do you say this? Pleurisy? Yeah, three years later. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's sad. That means he knew she was like 
showing signs of depression and like confused. It's inflammation of the tissues that line the lungs and chest cavity. Infections such as the flu and certain medications can cause it. So she had that on top of being insanely depressed. Causes chest pain that worsens during breathing. Oh, God. So pain all the time. Great. So life sucked for her in many ways. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. Sorry. I can't imagine that. Okay. I'll continue for you so <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> okay. So infant, uh, infanticide was common in Victorian England, which is wow. terrifying. I did not know that. Me did either. Did you know that? Okay. No. Oh. And most judges and home secretaries reacted compassionately, waiving death sentences and releasing women back from asylums into the community. Wow. That's unexpected. Mm. 100%. I'm shocked. Uh, Broadmoor is one of the three maximum security psychiatric hospitals in the UK, others being Ashworth and Rampton, but it's always received the most interesting cases, meaning that psychiatrists and doctors compete to work there. Well, I would totally do the same thing if I were a doctor, so... I understand that. Hmm. Take the particularly fascinating case of Graham Young, a serial killer who poisoned his stepmother and two work colleagues. Born in Neesden in 1947, he developed a fascination with poisons and their effect on the human body and started testing them out on his family from the age of 14. Whoa! 14? (laughs) Testing them out on his family? How do you even make that jump? Being fascinated by, like, I can't even talk. I mean, being fascinated by something like poison, sure. I mean, that is pretty wild, right? There's a thing you can eat or ingest that will kill you. That's crazy, right? And I could see the fascination with it, especially when you're younger Mm -hmm. and how something can kill people with no real effort. But making that jump to then, I want to test this on people who's near me, my family, that's easy. Well, how did he get the materials and who was like, here's the pocket money that you asked for for the poisons that you want to buy? Like, oh, no. Lifted it. Who knows? So apparently he escaped suspicion because he frequently poisoned himself, forgetting which food he had laced. (laughs) Young went to see a psychiatrist who contacted the police. He was sentenced to 15 years. That's it in Broadmoor, which he spent in its well-stocked library continuing his researchers, researches, research, just research, (laughs) (laughs) these favorite researches, Um, continuing his research and using fellow inmates as guinea pigs. Oh my God. On his release, he joined a photographic supply store in Bovington, Bovington, in Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, (laughs) offering to make the tea. He poisoned about 70 people over the next few months, none of them fatally at first, while taking meticulous notes on the doses and their effects and on which of his workmates he was eventually going to kill. After two men, Bob Engel and Fred Biggs, died in agony, an investigation began into the so-called Bovington bug. Young helpfully confided in the police in his interest in poisons, and had they by the chance thought of thallium thallium being the poison right uh his flat was searched quantities of thallium antimonium and uh, something else conatine conatine yep were found together with the incriminating notebook the teacup (laughs) teacup murder (laughs) never take those kind of notes though right at some point you gotta just know what it looks like when you measure it you gotta go by sight you can't write that uh so he was called the teacup murderer stupidest name probably not what he had hoped for nope and he was sentenced to life and died at age 42 in his prison cell of a heart attack by poison (laughs) probably was testing it yeah he probably poisoned himself and it just looked like a heart attack the teacup murderer 
my not God. good. What a not jack. Good. <laughs> um, unusually, several of Broadmoor's most violent murders have bonded together, perhaps for protection or merely to escape their oh, solitary great. existence. Why mm. are they allowed to be around <laughs> each other? Like, no bonding. <laughs> the serial killer Kenneth. Erskine came to the rescue of Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. Lovely. Ugh. When a fellow inmate tried to throttle oh my goodness, Sutcliffe with the cable from a pair of stereo headphones. You know what? Go fellow inmate. <laughs> <laughs> Erskine. Erskine. A sesh, uh, I don't know how to say it. How do you? Ers- Erskine. Erskine. Call that. Whatever. Why can't they just be George's it's interchangeable. Harry's. Um, <laughs> a sexual psychopath known as the Stockwell Strangler Gross. has been in Broadmoor since 1988, convicted of seven murders and believed to be guilty of four more. Yuck. Abandoned by his parents at a young age. That's sad. He Aww. went through care homes and special schools before embarking on a successful career as a house burglar. Oh. Well, at least he was good at it. No. In 1987, he began killing his victims, kneeling on their chest <gasps> and placing his left hand over their mouths while using his right hand to grip their throats and strangle them. Oh, Ugh, that's no, so I close and personal. I hate him. Yeah, I don't know. No. It's just like another like level of like he seems like he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. It's yucky. It's personal. Four of them were sexually assaulted before or after death. Oh, come on, He was guy. caught after a victim he was throttling managed to press an alarm button and was given yeah. a minimum jail term of 40 years. Yes. Good for you. Oh, later oh, he was judged to have a mental age of seven <gasps> and to be sufficiently insane to be transferred to Broadmoor, where he will stay, despite incidents like the one in 1998 when he was attacked by another inmate wielding a homemade flamethrower <gasps> during the hospital's New Year celebrations. How did they get that kind Happy of stuff? Happy New Year, bitches. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's my flamethrower sound effect. It sounded really fluffy. It was. <laughs> so, despite Broadmoor's exceptional precautions and, like, you know, giving people flamethrowers, <laughs> lots of them were taken. Oh, uh, madmen still. Madmen, really? Let's just say patience. Let's just yeah. Say patience. That's. That's uncomfortable. Patients still find ways of hurting themselves or others. Daniel Gonzalez, 26, who arrived at Broadmoor after a hospital... Your inability to speak is spreading. (laughs) After a homicidal spree over three days in 2004, in which he stabbed to death four people and tried to kill two others with a carving knife, will not quickly be forgotten. Regarded as one of Broadmoor's most dangerous patients, Gonzalez told the police he wanted to be like the character Freddy Krueger from the horror film (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street and kill as many people as possible. Dude, of all the heroes to have... Freddy is gross. Not a good one. I don't like yeah, him. Yeah. I actually so don't levels. like Freddy. I mean, the movies are whatever, but he's just creepy in like a pervy gross way that I don't like. Oh, for sure. I don't he's like disgusting. that. It grosses me out. I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. I like stuff like The Blob where it's mindless. <laughs> it just kills everyone indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> Might not even know it's doing it. Yeah. It's just being a blob. <laughs> just around. Just trying to be a blob. <laughs> Let it blob. 
<laughs> so a psychiatric consultant described him as a schizophrenic capable of extreme, unprovoked, and unpremeditated violence. He was placed on 24-hour observation by nursing staff with a minimum of two people sitting within arm's length of him. Holy crap. Unable to kill others, he turned his rage upon himself. On three occasions in a clear attempt at suicide, he bit himself with the ferocity none of them had witnessed before. That is intense. Uh, finally, Where? last last year, which would be 2007, because this article came I would assume, wait, do you think he bit like his wrists? Uh, probably. They just said bit himself, so. He know. must have. If it was a suicide attempt, right? Like mm-hmm. where else? Wow. Can you imagine that? That's gross. Yeah, I don't know. Um, finally, I'm assuming in 2007, because this was written in 2008, uh, he succeeded. He was found by Broadmoor staff lying dead in a pool of blood, having used a broken CD to cut his wrists. Shoo, man. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, he boy. did not. He wanted to check he, out. Yeah, he was done. Yikes. Poor Despite guy. the many famous patients held at the hospital in recent times, the craze, Ian Brady and the Yorkshire Ripper, perhaps the most notorious, is one of is one who few Broadmoor's residents ever saw the original Hannibal Lecter. Robert Maudsley was in Broadmoor. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how you say it. Don't be I, mad if I'm wrong. Whatever. Um, he was there for three years in the 70s. Um, he was in Broadmoor for three years in the 70s. Born in 1953, he was the son of a Liverpool lorry driver who beat him mercilessly. No. Whenever he came home from the orphanage, which had taken him in, no, to care for him, he lived in an orphanage and then would see his family and he would be beaten for it. <sighs> you know, I mean, some of these people, they just never had a chance. No, they did it. It bums me out. Fucked, dude. (sighs) He drifted through foster homes and psychiatric hospitals. By 1973, he was a rent boy picked up by a laborer who showed him pictures of abused boys. He, I don't know, garroted garroted him him and was sent to Broadmoor with a new nickname, Blue, the color of the laborer's face as he was slowly choked to death. Hmm. Okay. Not cool. No. His next and most lasting nickname was Spoons. In 1977, he and another psychopath took a third patient, a, they spelled that interesting, pedophile, (sighs) and barricaded themselves into a cell with him. Oh. The pedophile was tortured for nine hours before he garroted him and held up his body so that the staff could see him through the spy hatch. Whoa. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shit. When the staff were let in, they found that the man's skull had been cracked open like a boiled egg, y'all. That's insane. (laughs) With part of the brain missing and a spoon hanging out of the cranium. Okay, Mm. that's where they get the Hannibal Lecter. Mm. Fava bean shit. Mm -mm. Strangely, he was deemed fit to stand trial after this crime. Despite his pleas to be sent back to Broadmoor, he was committed to Wakefield Prison. After several more killings. Monsley now lives in solitary confinement in a two-cell glass cage. Whoa! Whoa like okay, Magneto. Nuts. <laughs> Very much like the one pictured in The Silence of the Lambs. His furniture is made of compressed cardboard <gasps> on his one daily hour of exercise. Six prison officers escort him. Wow. And they 
are not cool with him. Holy crap. I can't get over that. Glass cage. Compressed cardboard. Spoon. Spoon (laughs) in the brain. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. And that's like his whole life. His whole life has been this His whole life has been shitty and horrible and gross. And now he... Oh, well, it's not good. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, thugger serial killers make up a small proportion of Broadmoor's residents. I guess the writer of this article discovered the high intelligence of many of the patients while lecturing there, and one of those uh, present was a gentle academic man. His room stacked to the ceiling with classical CDs. I found out later that he had committed horrendous crimes. Oh, Wild. boy. One of the most famous academic patients was Dr. William Chester Minor. An American surgeon immortalized by Simon Winchester in his book, The Surgeon of Crawthorne. Having emigrated to Britain one day in 1871, after suffering paranoid delusions brought on by his terrible experiences in the American Civil War, Miner produced a revolver and shot dead a boiler stoker from the Red Lion Brewery in London. Well, that's not nice. The guy already had a crappy job. <laughs> Kill him. Uh, he remained in Broadmoor for 38 years, building up a library from which he volunteered thousands of citations for words appearing in the Oxford English Dictionary. What? Wait. Oh. What? How did he get that gig? So we like use this fool's words? Oh. Uh, okay. That is um really weird. Okay. I, what? I don't know how to even process that um so broadmoor with its dark red brick its towers heavily barred windows gaunt cell blocks and long corridors was an intimidating place but minor engaged on his great enterprise hardly seemed to notice so industrious was he that that the editor of the oxford english dictionary james murray arrived in person to visit him and became a firm friend wow (sighs) ah Uh, Murray was not present when Minor, demented by sexual longing, sawed off his penis <gasps> with a penknife. Oh my god. Whoa! Tied a ligature of string over the stump and then threw the rest of the offending organ into the fire. Whoa, that's commitment. And then in a steady voice, he called for the medical officer and survived. Steady voice. That. Medic. Oh, 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 I just, I... So many words I don't like. Mm. Sawed off, pen knife, stump, string over stump, <laughs> thrown organ into fire. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. How does he have a steady voice? Can you please explain someone? <laughs> oh, my brain. My brain is horrified. A pen knife? I'm Yucca. assuming it's not sharp. Nope. It sounds pretty dull. Yo, what? Every patient in Broadmoor has a story. No shit. Yeah, we <laughs> just found that out. From chalk pit murder, Thomas Lay, who tortured and murdered the man he suspected to be his wife's lava, mm. to Anthony Bakeland, great-grandson of the founder of Bakelite, whoa, who murdered huh. his mother before ordering a Chinese takeaway. Takeaway. Takeaway? Like, Wait, she got like takeout? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> so he tortured somebody and then he ordered Chinese food. Dude. 
Whoa. <laughs> she was alleged to have coerced her homosexual son <gasps> into sexual intercourse no. after a succession of prostitutes had failed to inspire him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is I murder her, too. Yeah, I don't condone murder, but fuck. She'd be dead. <laughs> oh, my God. First off. Who cares that he is love whoever you love? Second of all, gross. Why are you doing that with? I don't, what? He doesn't want to be with other women. Leave that him alone. So you take the lead, mom. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> she broke me. <laughs> oh, whoa. He was released after eight. He should not have been locked up. He should have had no. like therapy in his home or where he felt safe. He was released after eight years being at Broadmoor only to stab his grandmother. Wait, oh, no. why? He was institutionalized again before in 1981 being found suffocated with a plastic bag. Probably because grandma looked like mom. She or she had the same values. Maybe yeah, probably was, one of the two. I'm not saying it's... If only your mother had just made you blah, blah, blah. If that was the case, I could see why that would be a trigger. Yeesh. Well, the hospital today, I mean, there... I was reading an article about how it's very well run. There's really super tight security. And I guess when this one person who... I was reading an article about it was a lawyer that goes to visit now. Goes to visit um, their clients in the Mm -hmm. hospital. Like it can take anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes just to get into the hospital to see who they need to see because they have to completely change their clothes. They're only allowed a pencil and a piece of paper. Um, wow. And they have to leave everything in a, or maybe they maybe keep their clothes, but they're not allowed to keep anything with them. And they are brought to a room where the patient is also brought to. Okay. So they're not... Like a neutral meeting point. Yeah, just like a neutral meeting point. Like it's not like a big holding cell where a bunch of other patients are or anything like that it's and they they never see other patients either they only see who they are supposed to see yikes yeah man this place and i was looking for like ghost stories from this place i didn't see anything because there's too many live scaries that are happening here no joe oh my god my mind can't comprehend what some of these people went through and i'm not condoning what they did but no 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 but they also I'm not, didn't not really condoning have a... some of the things that some of them did. <laughs> yeah, I would snap too. Person that last guy, so much, especially yeah. when it's trauma from day one. Yeah, a lot of these people just, like I said before, didn't have a chance. So that's. I'm glad that there's a place like this for them instead of just prison. Yeah. Granted, because... I don't know what this place is like on the inside so True. much, but but in the hopes that they get help, help that yeah. is productive and mm-hmm. hopefully can make them feel better about life like then i i'm for it what a heavy subject sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's it's a lot very interesting though all the people that have come and gone from there mm-hmm. at That's... least like early on lots of people trying to kill the queens <laughs> they really hate those royals they had it coming <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like how they just 
That's like the only bad thing that they've ever done. And they're like, instantly, you must be insane if you want to kill a royal. How dare Therefore, you? <laughs> she was on her way to high tea. <laughs> oh, man. The teacup killer or whatever his name was. Horrible way to be Stupid. known. Stupid like the man. wet blankets or whatever they're called. <laughs> wet bandits. Yeah. I like the wet blankets. I like the wet blankets, too. I don't think yes. Yeah, we're the wet blankets. <laughs> Uh, yeah cool all right well uh should we spin the wheel oh yeah let's this is exciting okay this is a little broad uh oh. Which is fun. I do like broads. Me too. I like you. <laughs> I like me. <laughs> I like um, us, the wet I blankets. Like <laughs> um, abduction, any kind of abduction case. Oh, we're back on abduction. <laughs> Remember how we did this last time? No, I black everything out. It was like UFOs and kidnappings somehow all in the oh, same really? time. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Not the kidnapping is funny. Please don't think that I'm saying that. All I'm saying <laughs> is that it was stupid of us to just... We didn't know. We really went broad. <laughs> and we're going to do it again because that's how we do it. I'll probably pick the same stories y'all to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'll ask Liz. <laughs> she okay, knows cool. all the things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Liz... She has been still helping me. It's my fault now. She's actually helped me convert several, actually quite a few episodes to YouTube videos. I need to get my ass in gear to get them uploaded to YouTube so that our episodes are now available across more platforms. Well, just cool. YouTube. Yay. So if also that makes quick, you happy, cool. So thank you, um, Liz. You are yeah, awesome. Thanks, Liz. Um, quick shout out to all of our Patreon members. Who oh, yeah. A few days ago, um, some of them... A good chunk were able to go live with us in our own night guys Zoom meeting, and it was awesome. <laughs> and you guys are amazing, and it was so cool talking to you guys, like sort of face to face. I mean, we had people from we had an Australian, we had people New in York, New York, Georgia, Orlando, I think, and then L.A. and it Missouri. was so much fun, we had Missouri. Some- it was so fun. Yeah. It, we were like, oh, I hope we have things to talk about. And it went crazy long and it was so much fun. Yeah. And it was only supposed to go half an hour and then that turned into like, like an hour and a half or something. <laughs> easily. Yeah. That was fun. Shout out mm-hmm. to everyone. And Thank I actually have another personal shout out. Um, Actually, Sean should be here for this. But uh, a couple weeks ago, right before we left, Harrison and Jordan the boys from the Grief Burrito podcast sent us a care package. And by us, I mean Sean and I, because Sean's dad uh, suffered a stroke and we had some really, you know, weird, a lot of down in our life. And they were really sweet and sent us a British care package. And it had tea and it had chocolate biscuits in it. And it had like real proper chocolate from England that I'm like afraid to even eat because I just want to make it last forever, but I also want to eat it. <laughs> and then definitely eat it. I know I need to. And then I have a grief burrito t-shirt that I actually washed and I should have, I'm going to take a picture with it. I just, we felt so, we were so floored because it came out of nowhere. Erica said that I was supposed to get something in the mail and I thought it was from her. So I didn't, 
know what it was. And I was waiting for a, a package actually from England because I ordered some books from Amazon. So I thought, oh, it's my books. So I like opened up the box and she's like, you're supposed to wait. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> so I felt like an idiot. So you guys, thank you so much. This is so overdue. Also, I they sent me a little stuffed animal thing and it's really creepy and ugly. And I oh, love yeah, it. yeah. And Honey likes to it. snuggle with it. So it's oh, amazing. It's Honey Snuggle We love buddy. you guys. You're sweet. You guys people. are Helen the too. best. So if you, it, yeah, Helen too. She's she's actually our favorite, but you guys Whatever. are close second. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, if you guys uh, need a good laugh, the Grief Burrito podcast is hilarious and it's such a good time even if you don't play video games they talk about movies they have a monthly spooky they talk about video games in a way that makes you want to play them anyway because they talk about games that i don't play like i for sure don't play a good chunk of the games that they play but (laughs) i love it and it's so fun so definitely give them a listen they even have a patreon too and they have so much stuff on there so check them out also check out liz reader and her amazing books about sci-fi and spooky stuff so anyway that's all i got and I guess next week we're talking about abductions. We'll see how that goes. I know. I'm just going to be a bunch of Reddit stories. and Probably. Oh, fine. Yep, that's what I'll do. Drinking. <laughs> I'll reserve a bottle of wine specific for that episode. We can go over Lori Vallow a little, too. Oh, I mean, that bitch. Sort of like a in that realm oh man well we talked about her in our patreon but we'll, yeah. we'll bring her we'll bring her to light here god i hate her so much her a little she's like top on the my worst corona list <laughs> <laughs> my corona <laughs> she needs it she does she's the worst she is no one else just her yeah just her she's yeah Anyone who thinks their children are zombies and potentially locks them away and or kills them. The world doesn't need you. And then also killed her brother and her husband's uh, wife. With her new lover's wife being killed. Like There's all kinds of people that died around them. She sucks. We hate her. We have feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, also, if you guys are interested, we did get new stickers and they are beautiful and they are amazing. And our Patreon members are going to be receiving them shortly. And we are also going to be setting up a contest soon. So stay tuned. Yeah. Where you yourself could be a winner. Stickers and other goodies. Stay tuned. But join us next week when we talk about abductions. And this was the Night Guys podcast. And I'm Liana. I'm America. Ew. Bye. 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 Bye.